Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Good evening. Tonight's podcast will be a little different, as you can probably already tell. I am not Phil or Sean, your regular podcast hosts. My name is Tori, and I have spoken on the podcast before. It has been a while, so I'm going to reintroduce myself. I am the daughter of Phil, who is one of your regular hosts, and I have been doing the church since it started, and I was about 10 years old. This week, our gathering is celebrating the Passover. Phil and Sean are currently at the beach celebrating with a number of other members of the church. Oftentimes, we all go to the beach, and this year looks a little different, but I will go into that in a little while. Each year for Passover, we are given a focus point, something we can think on throughout the week. Those of us who stayed home from the beach were given the same focus. Our first focus was, what does Passover mean to you? And our second focus was, why did Yah do the Passover the way they did this year? And throughout this podcast, I will be sharing what I discovered for myself. So this year, um, or uh, for our Passover, we stayed at home. A couple of us stayed at home, and uh, we all met on Saturday and Sunday all day. Uh, we had some meetings that were really awesome, um, and I really want to share what I uh, discovered uh, this weekend. Um, So our first Passover focus was, what does the Passover mean to you? And when I first started thinking about this, I started looking at the original Passover and thinking about all the aspects of it, what the people wore and what they ate and what the stipulations were around that, because I thought that's what I should be focused on. Um, And then I decided that that's not really where I'm at right now. In my faith journey, I am currently at the place where I am learning to fear God, uh, which is one of the first steps of the faith journey. And embracing that part of where I am, I decided to look at the Passover in that ideal, that um, the fear of God and what that meant with the Passover. Um, So I'm hoping next year I can focus on the Passover at a different part uh, in my journey, Um, But this year, I'm going to solely focus on the fear and what the fear has to do with the Passover. Um, So I broke down the Passover into three parts. Uh, I broke down the Passover into the first Passover, uh, which many know uh, with the story of Exodus and uh, Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, And then I did... Uh, another Passover that's pretty popular in the Bible, 
was the Passover with Yahusha, or the Last Supper, as many people refer to it as. Um, and then I did the final, final Passover, which I will talk about that um, towards the end of my focus. Um, so I started with the first Passover because that is the most logical place to start is at the beginning. So the first Passover Passover is talked about in Exodus 11 through 12. Uh, and this goes, um, this is talked about the last plague on Egypt. Um, so Pharaoh is, um, Pharaoh and Moses are going back and forth and Moses is asking Pharaoh to let God's people go. Um, and God continues to give these plagues to Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh is not relenting and he, um, he won't let the people go. Um, so the last plague on Egypt, um, Pharaoh still did not let, let the people go. And all the firstborn who did not participate in the Passover were killed. Or all the families, um, their firstborn were, born were killed if they did not do the stipulations of Passover. Um, because the Israelites feared God, they obeyed the command and their firstborns were spared. Um, those who did not fear Yah suffered. Uh, so Yah holds all the power. Um, they are the creators of the earth. They have just all the power there is to have. Um, and they have the power to give and to take away. Uh, and preparing for the Passover was likely not an easy task, but it was worth it to spare their child. Um if you look into the, all the stipulations that they had to do, there were a lot of things that they had to make sure that were right um, in order to um, pass have the Passover happen. They had to put blood on their door. They had to have a certain type of land. They had to prepare it a certain way. They had to wear certain clothes. Um, and all of those things were a part of... Um, being making sure the angel would pass over them um and so that was likely not easy especially back in the, that time they didn't have ovens or um things to quickly make things happen like we do today um but because they feared yah those that hard work was worth doing um because it spared their child and um the end they spared their firstborn um <clears throat> So once the Israelites left, um, that's really where the weir uh, real work began. Um, so the goal is, so they had the fear of Yah uh, at the beginning because they did the stipulations of the Passover. Um, but if you re continue to read on, you hear about how they grumbled in the forest or in the desert, and they really just weren't maintaining that reverent fear that they had during the Passover. Um, so once they left Egypt, that was really when the real work began. You maintain that reverent fear throughout your entire journey. Um, and then I kind of settled on the first Passover and decided to look at um, the, the Passover with uh, Yahusha or the Last Supper, as many call it. So at dinner, Yahusha explains that his time is near and he says that his disciples would scatter or they would not be like they wouldn't associate with him. Um, and they all denied it. Um, but ultimately their fear of the world 
took over their fear of Yah. So um, Peter, he, um, pretty sure it's Peter, denied Yahushua three times. Um, and in those, um, and Yahushua told him that he would do that, and he said no, ended up uh, fearing the people that were around him more than he had the fear for Yah. So I kind of correlated that to myself with how many times have I thought what people like thought about like what what are they gonna think of me they're gonna think I'm weird or they're gonna not be friends with me anymore they're not gonna associate with me anymore that's the fear of the world which is so much less significant than the fear of God um as I mentioned earlier God holds all this power uh and that is to be feared because they have like the keys to heaven and hell so um which i will get to in a little bit um so yeah usha's uh so after dinner um usha's disciples went to a garden and matthew 26 39 talks about um where Yahushua expresses his reverent fear for Yah, asking if the burden could be removed, but ultimately saying that he would do the will of his father. So understanding that like reverent fear for his father, that this is what the father wants to do and his will is my will. And uh, maintaining that reverent fear, even in the face of um, death and uh, all reality that, that death was coming and he knew it. Um, but his fear for the father, his reverent fear, uh, showed through in that point. So Yahushua's fear and ultimate trust into the father led his obedience where he was crucified to pave the way for humankind to have a path for faith. It had to start with fear. So that was one of the first steps to lead to, um, to lead to the path that we know today. Um, We would not be able to go anywhere unless we had Yahushua. Yahushua paved that path. And that starts with fear. Fear with the Father leads to um, Yahushua. And you meet Yahushua through that fear. So it has to start with the fear. So I thought about it and thinking about how Yahusha is our Passover, um, our Passover lamb, which is mentioned in scripture. With him, we can be passed over for death at the final judgment. So we can be passed over for that second death at the final judgment. But we must first understand and know the fear of the father. So in order to get, as I just mentioned, in order to get to Yahusha, you must first meet the father. Um, and you must have that fear of the Father, and then you are allowed to get to Yusha, who is our Passover lamb, who will help us be passed over for um, that second death. Um, and then at dinner, Yusha says that he will not drink of the wine till the kingdom, um, to the final Passover. Um, I correlated him talking about um, taking this Passover and connecting it to uh, the final Passover. Um, or judgment day where the angel of death will come through and we will have that second death. So the final Passover, as I have been referring to is the final judgment um, where we will have that ultimate Passover of uh, just like in the first Passover, the angel of death came in and uh, killed the firstborn um, 
at Judgment Day, if we have not done what we were supposed to do, uh, we will meet that second death. Um, so in Revelation 2011, uh, the final judgment, the final Passover, those names who were not written in the book of life were thrown into the lake of fire. So those who are obedient will be passed over for the second death, just like the Israelites in the first Passover. We must obey the commands of Yah, however hard it is, to be passed over on judgment day. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, the Israelites preparing for the Passover wasn't an easy thing. And I correlated that to the faith walk in general. It's not an easy thing, but those easy things are worth it to, um, it's the, or those not easy things, those hard, that hard struggles are worth it in order to, uh, be passed over for that final death. And for a long time, I um, I didn't realize I didn't read Revelation uh, because of my worldly fear of not feeling good. I felt that I felt that it was just scary, and I didn't want to look at it because if I looked at it, then I would have to face the reality. Uh, so my worldly fear prevented me from looking at Revelation for a really long time. And I remember Sean talking one time about uh, there was this certain scene in um, The Passion of the Christ. It was a really uh, intense scene, um, and he didn't watch it for a long time um, as a, um, avoiding uh, the realities of what it held. Um, and I've done the same thing with Revelation. I've just never wanted to read it because it talks about all these scary things. Um, but Revelation also talks about the amazing wonders that are to look forward to if we get to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Um, and this weekend, we, a long, long time ago, we had a video called, we call it the Revelation video. And, uh, the video is largely what uh, I just mentioned. It talks a ton about the revelation and what happens in the revelation. Uh, it's a lot of reading. It's about a 40-minute video. Um, and it was put away for a really long time. And I haven't seen it probably uh, for about five years, maybe, uh, maybe longer than that. Um, and I, we it was put away for a time and I'm not exactly sure the reason why, um, but we were able to bring it out, uh, this weekend. And, um, those of us who stayed home, uh, had the ability to watch it and it was really powerful for me. Um, because I kind of faced that fear. And I remember when, uh, I was given the video and I was told to watch this video too. I was like, just kind of scrunched my nose because I was like, oh, this is all about revelation. This is the fear that I don't want to face. Um, but my fear of looking at revelation has stopped me from finding those wonders that are in there um, and facing that fear of Yah because in revelation, it, as I mentioned earlier, it does talk about scary things and those are the scary things that are to fear. And if we, Fear, yeah, we don't have to encounter those things. If we do the hard work, 
we don't have to encounter those things. And I'm talking to myself when I say that, that hard work prevents those things from happening to us. And we might, and even if we are there for the ends of the earth, um, we know where we're going and that, that, that won't matter. It won't matter because, um, of the wonders that are to come in the, in the kingdom. I also wanted to like the Passovers. I just thought it was so interesting how all the Passovers connected to each other. And in Revelation, it talks about plagues. Um, and there's correlation between the plagues in the first Passover and the plagues um, in Revelation um, and how at the final plague or the final plague for both, there was death involved. Um or there will be death involved for the final Passover. And there was death involved for the first Passover where the plague was the firstborn children will be done. And the last will be the plague for those to go into um, the lake of fire. Um, so continuing on uh, Re- revelation sixteen fifteen caught my eye. It says, look, I am coming like a thief. How blessed are those who stay alert and keep their clothes clean so they won't be walking around naked and be publicly put to shame. And Revelation 22, 20 says, The one who is testifying these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen, come Lord Yosha. So we are not guaranteed one more breath. Uh, coming As we know, this... The, this Bible has been written years and years and years ago, and it says coming soon. Coming soon can mean your time. We aren't guaranteed another breath. And at death, the decision is set based on your choices. The Bible was written a long time ago, and the end may be coming soon. Um, and maybe the um, end of the earth where Revelation talks about all these things coming may be coming soon, um, but so could your death. And that is something I have been focusing on, and that is something to be feared, and that is where I am uh, looking. Um, we become enthralled with the person that we perceive ourselves to be, when in reality we are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Without Yah, I've convinced myself that I'm a good person but my sin nature shines through, and without Yah, they have every right to throw me into the lake of fire. The God of all power is one who has the power, and is the Father we shall fear. It's kind of like fire. I, I kind of correlated it to fire. Uh, we aren't willingly going to go stick our hand in fire because we know that it's going to burn. But... Fire can also be used for so many good things. It can be used to keep us warm. It can be used to cook food. Um, It can be used as light. Uh, So we utilize the fire, but we don't jump into it. Um, And just keeping that in mind for myself is that's, that's the fear of Yah is fear Yah. So we don't have to, so I don't have to feel the wrath of Yah. And, I oftentimes compare myself to other people like, oh, I'm, I'm better than them or I've, I'm a, I'm a better person. I, I, 
I do these things. I'm more selfless. Uh, when, at, when in reality, there are two types of people. Uh, there are the people who are in faith and there are people who are not in faith. And at this point, I don't have circumcision of the heart. So I'm in that group of people and I have no ground to stand on to judge anyone. Um, and the only person that I am going to be judging from here on out is myself. Um, and I encourage everybody to do so. Um, as I've, uh, I talk about it all the time, the golden rule, and it's a podcast on here about how you focus on yourself and you don't look at anybody else. And if something's bothering you, if something's frustrating you, point the finger at yourself because you can find it in yourself. And that has been such a, such a save saver for me. Um, when I'm thinking about all these, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, but in reality, I'm just like everybody else. And, um, and when I started looking at the fear of God and, um, we, it's been very recent that I asked in church about the fear of God. I was asking, what does it mean? And everybody was telling me their story. And, um, Anna Ruth, who has spoken on the podcast, uh, before was talking about her story and how she watched these videos and after the like days after it was just very heavy and she really found that fear of God that way. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the videos that she watched. And so she gave me the videos that she had watched and I watched them and there was just no emotional feel. I didn't feel heavy. I didn't have this feeling that I thought I was supposed to have having the fear of God. I was like, this is going to do it. This is the step I'm supposed to take. Um, when I found, I, I, I've been finding that you must find it on your own. Um, my journey is mine alone and I will stand in the judgment day alone and I can't look at anybody else's journey. Um, so Anna Ruth found the fear of God that way. And that was where she was able to grasp onto that. And that is just not where it found, I found it for me. And so it's, it was time to dig in and keep searching for that fear of God for myself. Um, not based off of others' journeys, but based off of my own journey. Um, I didn't live the life that Anna Ruth lived. Um, I didn't live the life that anybody in the church lived. And so hearing their stories about, or not really stories, but hearing what, how they found these things is helpful. Um, cause I get bits and pieces, but that ultimately is not going to be my walk. So I have to find it on my own. And I was asked to do this podcast, um, because a lot of, um, cause Phil and Sean are at the beach this week and I was like, Oh, who am I supposed to do it with? And, um, Phil or my dad said that, I'm going to do it on my own. And then he hesitated and um, mentioned a couple people, but I took that first thing that I'm supposed to do it on my own because um, even though I was nervous about talking on the podcast by myself without having somebody to bounce ideas off of, I knew that it is something I needed to do to, to do on my own to face that fear in myself that I'm going to talk about finding my fear and I need to face that fear 
um, to start off with. And um, this this weekend was super awesome because um, I talked with the people who stayed at home. And for a little bit more context, uh, those of us who stayed at home are um, ones who have not gotten the fullness of faith yet. So those with the fullness of faith, we say have circumcision of the heart. Um, and so those of us who did not go to the beach this year are those of us who did not have circumcision of the heart. Um, and we were also posed with the question, why did Yah do uh, the Passover the way they did it this year? Um, and I think it was it was for a couple reasons. And one of them was we got to speak as like-minded individuals on the same side, um, all on the same level talking about where we are at in our journey and what we need to do to improve because sometimes it can be intimidating when, um, and this is speaking for myself individually, sometimes it can be intimidating um, talking to people who have it uh, and against those who don't have it and it feels like this divide. But when you're able to talk to people of like-mindedness, you're able to um, kind of relate and figure out. And I uh, also think that Yah was representing, like, you're not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be further than you are. Get to where you're supposed to be. And I think that's that was one of the reasons that we did not get to go to the beach this year. And I think all of us, um, speaking for myself, I learned – and grew a lot um, over the weekend, and I'm hoping those of the um, those who are with me did the same. And I, um, I have truly just really enjoyed uh, looking into the fear of fear of God and what that means. And looking at it was super overwhelming in the Bible because if you look at it throughout the whole Bible, there's just so many instances in the Bible where it talks about fear and it can be overwhelming. So when I, I, when I, when I decided to focus on just the Passover, it got a little less overwhelming and I was able to pull out really key points within the three Passovers that, that drew out the fear of God and that first step. And I'm hoping that next year I might be able to look at where I am a year from now and focus on that step within the Passover. Um, I, um, my final thought is um, we listened to this uh, motivational speaker, which I'll come back to in just a second, but we listened to this motivational speaker about today is the day, um, and today is the day to make that step, and I am striding as far as I can do to make that step, and starting my journey, and starting my journey every single day, and continuing, and continuing, because it just never, it, it's a continuous, um, role that always goes. Um, you, you never stop learning. You never stop having the struggles. You never stop feeling the feeling being set apart, which is just a part of 
faith, um, it always is going and going. So continuing on going and that is my plan is to just continue going. And I have super enjoyed um, talking <laughs> to myself for the um, for the evening. Um, and uh, looking back at it now, there was nothing to be very nervous about. Um, and I am hoping that my my story could help somebody else. Uh, but just a cautionary reminder that your faith journey is your own and take that faith journey and find what it means for yourself. Um, not based off of other people, not based off of a time frame, based off of where you're at in your faith journey and where God is leading you and listen to those voices of God because God has, God has the path and you need to meet that path. You can't make the path on your own. I've always talked about how um, my plans, I always have these plans. And every time um, my plan gets messed up, I get all wonky and bent out of shape sometimes. Um, so <laughs> my plan is not necessarily the right plan. And I need to follow the plan of Yah. And I'm, again, hoping that uh, whoever's listening, that you are able to find your path and your plan that God has for you. And we walk like Messiah did, um, but we walk our own journey and we walk in our own footsteps. Um, so find it for yourself and find it today. Oh, um, I had you have a question here. So it talked about how the Revelation uh, video spoke to me, and um, it was it was really it was really awesome. Uh, I was watching it, and the first part is um, all about the wrath, and it talks about the beast and the seven heads and the plagues that are to come, and all these things that um, just happen at the end of at the end of times and those parts that are, I've always thought were scary. Um, but sometimes you have to watch those scary parts and the revelation. Um, but at the end of the revelation video, it talks about walking into these golden streets and gives, a gives a worldly vision of what it may look like on the video. Um, and it gives the scriptures of uh, these jewels and um, the pearl opening the pearl door and all these wondrous things, these amazing things to look forward to if you enter the kingdom of heaven. And it just gave me goosebumps when I was watching it because in order to get there, I had to read all, or I had to, we had to watch the, the the stuff that I've perceived as scary um, to get to that final part that um, that that uh, chill bumps up your arm type of uh, thing and I was thinking about a song um, that I used to listen to all the time when I was younger uh, it's called I can only imagine and it talks about um, how you can only imagine what it is and there was a picture on the screen but I'm sure it doesn't even come close to the wonders that it will look like um, entering the kingdom of heaven. 
And it was just this beautiful thing at the end that was so, so cool to see um, after all this, like, like kind of like a, a two-year-old throwing a fit because I didn't want to read the hard stuff first um, to read the really good stuff. And another part of the video that really caught my eye, um, it talked about where, where the judgment, uh, the last part of the judgment, when those who did not, did not follow um, the commands, who did not obey, uh, are thrown into the lake of fire. And that part really stuck with me. Um, looking at the picture again, it's a worldly picture, and you can only imagine the other way as well. Um, and that was like enough to to be to be to own that fear that I need. Um, that fear is there because I don't want that for myself. Um, that lake of fire, I don't want to be in that position where I have to be there. Um, so holding tight to that fear and moving on so I can get to the end of the video where it has the, the wondrous things of, um, heaven. And again, the revelation video has a worldly, a worldly view of what that might look like. Um, and you can only imagine, but still just a really, really cool thing to watch. And, um, I would, I would challenge anybody to look at those parts of the Bible that you don't enjoy reading. Um, another, there's another part of the Bible. I don't enjoy reading about the crucifixion of Christ because, it's sad. And in reality, it's not sad because Yahusha paves the way for us. Yahusha comes back and paves the way for us to, us to live eternally. Um, so kind of, we, we call it eating the frog when we do things that, um, are really tough at first, but, uh, beneficial. And, eating the frog of watching those hard things and my um, overcoming that worldly fear of what it might make me feel like and getting over that selfishness, getting over myself because it doesn't matter. Like it's not about me and I don't matter. What matters is, um, yeah. And looking into those things because that's what Yosha did for us to pave the way. So, Another one of those stories that I have a hard time reading because my worldly fear takes over. Um, so I think I've answered all the questions in the chat box. Um, and I appreciate anybody listening uh, this evening. Um, and I am um, super pumped about uh, starting this journey and taking those steps forward. Um, looking forward to see what God has in store for me. And, um, it's interesting because <clears throat> these vows or making these steps, um, and these vows, you would think that it would make it easier, but it really doesn't. And I've been, um, I'm a teacher and I've been continuously making these vows to be more patient and, um, more, more, uh, sympathetic with my kids and, um, 
that has definitely been provided to me over the next last couple of days um, after making these vows of stepping forward and full commitment and talking about that 100%. I'm going to go 100%. I'm going to, I'm not going 99. I'm going 100%. Um, and those challenges have arisen and given me opportunity to prove myself in those vows. Um, so again, thank you for listening to my, uh, listening to the podcast this evening and, uh, Sean and Phil will hopefully be back with you on Saturday morning. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.